What is going on, fellas? Welcome back to another episode, episode number 20, Cheese and Chowder, the RML podcast. We back, boys. Yes, sir. Bradley, welcome back. It has been a very long time. Great to hear your voice again. Yes, that beautiful voice of yours is a pleasure to hear in my ears, and it's been way too long, and a lot has happened since then. Yeah, surprise episode, boys. Number 20. It's been a while. Hopefully you've been craving some RML content. We're happy to be back and giving you something to think about, something to listen to while you're all sitting at home. Uh, Hopefully everyone is safe and healthy and all your family members are safe and healthy as well. Obviously, we're all in it together, so reach out if you guys need anything. We're all here for you. Um, all right, so episode 20, let's kind of, obviously, like you said, we have a, a ton to talk about. Um, I mean, obviously, we're not going to get into the minutia of it all. We're not going to go, you know, game by game, playoffs, season by season or anything. We're kind of just going to, a little bit of a wing it style here, just a general talk and a little chit chat about our favorite pastime, this league of ours. So first, we want to welcome our newest members, uh, well, they're not that new to most of us. BLD, uh, he took over the Chiefs. Welcome back. Uh, one of the GOATs, the champ. And a long-time RMLer. It's been a while since he's been back. Uh, Mr. Cam and the Rams. So nice to have our former commissioner back. And, yeah, see, see what he can do with these struggling Rams. I mean, at least he might have a early draft pick. So, yeah, welcome back, boys. And all right, Brad, uh, you got anything? I mean, what, what's on the docket? What do you want to talk about well, first? I think the elephant in the room is that we were, is it, it is at the time of recording, it is April 25th, right? And we are in week eight of season seven. Like, this is unheard of. This is like what league could possibly get this many games in. And it's like, we're not even simming, like, we're having a lot of weeks where we don't even have a force win or anything. It's just obviously the quarantine has a lot to do with it. But even before the quarantine hit, we were at a record pace. And it's just phenomenal to be a part of a league like this and the activity that we're getting and like how like into it people are still, you know, playing and like they still care about the team and they're not really just like playing just to play. And I think it's awesome and it adds a lot more storylines and gives a lot more history to the league and a lot more opportunities for more helmets on that data leagues page. Yeah, it really tells a lot about the characters we have in this league and just the passion that everyone has. You know, maybe not for Madden, because I know a lot of people are, you know, yeah, yeah, we all like playing the game, but I feel like it's more about the brotherhood and the camaraderie at this point. I think we all just like kind of being in this together, and it's just really fun to kind of be a part of. And, yeah, it's been a blast. I mean, especially this, yeah, this year is, like you said, it's flown by. But also, like we're playing just so much, and I, I, I wonder, and I'm gonna ask you this: Do you think it's more about? I mean, I think I know the answer, but do you think it's more about that this Madden 20 is so much different that it makes people want to keep playing, or do you think it's more about we have the select, we have the right group of people that kind of we we brewed this perfectly to where we have the league to where we want it to be max participation, max activity. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, we might get this a little bit later with the superstar abilities and abilities in general. Um, and I, I think I, I remember last Madden, Madden 19, it was very, it was just like a very boring game kind of like there wasn't really much difference in the game. It was kind of just like the same thing every game. If that makes sense. And I remember people getting really bored with that game. And I feel like that's really not happening too much. Obviously, we're getting a little bit of burnout just from playing so much. And abilities are can be controversial. Some abilities, we could get into this later. Um, but at the same time, no, I think the group of people we have is amazing. And, like, we have some controversial characters. 
in RML that maybe under an old regime might not be in RML, but we've accepted them and we've molded them, or not we, but you know they've conformed to our rules within a certain standard, and it's created, it's given the league a lot more character. I feel like, and so much more like storylines within the league and rivalry, rivalry. I can't say rivalries, and um, so I, I think that adds like some flavor to the league too. Yeah, I was gonna say and, about the rivalries. Like, I think that has been a big factor. Like, uh, we'll, t- we'll get, get into like the division alignment and stuff a little later. But I think kind of the way we have it built right now, and I don't know if I, I don't know if it's a factor of playing the game for so long and so fast. But there has been a lot of newer, passion-filled rivalries that kind of have been brewing and developing. And obviously, that kind of ha- feels like that happens every year, but the fact that we have certain people uh, and the fact that we all communicate so well most of the time, a a lot of, you know, it's just, like I said, it's just a passion for, for the brotherhood of this, of this league and this game. But I also think um, going back to the point of like superstar and X factor, having those definitely made an impact in my opinion, but like developing players into those is much more exciting and fun. I think that is another, like the fact the game does reward you, which is nice. And we'll get into how it can not also be great for some people, but like the game rewards you for playing well. And, and there are, you know, like dev games and things like that, where, you know, you're kind of, it's, it's not like, it's not automatic and it's not scripted. You, you, it's not like yeah. you play, you, you know, it's not like week five, I automatically get a dev game because, you know, that's just the way the game is. Like, if I have a good game with a player, you know, I have a really big offensive game with my running back, the next week he might have a dev game. You know, it, it rewards you for the current gameplay as it moves on, which I think has been a really big <laughs> factor in how people have kind of enjoyed progressing through it. And, and the dev games in general is like a good motivational for some of like the the lower guys and it gives them something to play for and something to like fight for and like kind of on the same like topic almost is like um weasel's play plays of the week uh, is awesome and like i don't really think we've talked too much on the podcast and we'll get to it a little bit later um but it just adds so much more to the league and it adds like i, I was just thinking the other day because I, I was kind of a little bit like season six season five i was kind of burning out a little bit but at that t- whatever time that was weasel was not doing plays of the week but then he resumed them this year, this season. And I've like been a lot more motivated like during games. Because like you could be, you know, the score would be whatever, the teams could be whatever, but you can have an awesome play and then get it on plays yeah. of the week. And the fact it just like we, yeah. The fact that we got through season six so still so quickly without plays of the week and without cheese and chowder. Like imagine like literally that probably drags so many people down. Like I know if I'm not to toot our own horn, but you know, when you don't have something to look forward to kind of um you know, there's not a lot of other content being made, which, you know, we're not asking anyone to do that. But, yeah, I feel like it definitely brings up some of the the fun of the league. Definitely, like, when you, hear, when you hear your name on the podcast or when you see a play that you made or when you see a play that got made against you, like, you're, you know, you're trying to, you're fighting not to get, you know, posterized on um, Weasel's top plays or you're fighting to posterize somebody else uh, to use yeah. a basketball term. And it, and it brings light to like plays that people might have missed or like things that people have done. They're like pretty cool. Like Steve's three kick returns. It, th- th- like, like that's in a, like in a row. I watched, that, I was watching that game live. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but for anyone that hasn't seen plays of the week um, with this, I think it was week one of this season. Uh, yeah. Steve versus the bears in what Steve should not have been in that game at all like he was not playing well on offense or defense he was just getting annihilated but he, he his uh, his special teams kept him in the game i think it was Tereni, which you know that's a elite top end receiver uh you know a keeper from last year three straight kick returns for touchdowns and all three of them uh i was just i was blown away it was and, and he, he still and he loses uses, the game and he uses the blimp he uses the blimp view which Whoa. i think we got to start People have got to start using that for kick returns because I mean that's what I think that's the best place to use that at all. But he uses it pretty much all the time, which is crazy. But but yeah, and he still still lost the game. game. That's even more absurd. Like I I don't think I've had I may have 
I don't think I've had a single kick return. No, no one. Touchdown. I'm pretty sure no one's had three kick returns in a season, and most teams probably haven't had three kick returns in all of Madden 20. <laughs> I would bet, I would bet that maybe maybe five or six teams have three three or more, if that. So yeah, that's wild. And then he had another one, um, not not too long after, like oh, two weeks yeah, later. Yeah. So he has four he has this four season. Already so with the far, same as far as as far as we know, it's got to be close to a record, and that's. Just kick returns, not even punt returns. Like, yeah, and that's those are the hardest. I feel like punt returns should be happening way more often, but in our league, everyone just punts it out of bounds, which makes sense. Anyway, yeah, that's wild, but that that has definitely played into it, and it's uh, good job, Weasel. I mean, we're proud of you for doing that, and we love uh, having that in the league. It's really awesome. All right, let's talk about um, kind of what we've missed over the last month and a half. Uh, almost two months now uh, since the last episode. Uh, last episode, we were at season five playoffs. We we were just before the playoffs. I, I believe it was week seventeen. Actually, we didn't actually have the the lineups or the playoff matchups correct at that time. And I remember we did predictions, and then some of them ended up not happening. So it's kind of a pointless segment there, but whatever. We tried. And uh, but yeah, season five happened. Playoffs went on, and we ended up with the Raiders versus the Seahawks, um, two teams we've seen uh, quite a few times late in playoff runs and in the Super Bowl. Uh, season four actually, um, we saw those same uh, two teams with Tillman uh, getting the edge in that one and winning his first Super Bowl ring. Um, but this time was a different story, and Danny and the Raiders took season five Super Bowl champions against the Seahawks, getting his second of the of this Madden and um, yeah, cementing himself as uh, the only two time uh, RML winner so far, only two time champion. So congrats to Danny on that season five championship. It was another great run and uh, another great championship performance. Do you have anything to say about that one? Um, I think obviously Danny solidified himself like he's he is the gauntlet that the AFC has to run through every single year. He's only missed the Super Bowl once from the AFC side back in season three when uh, Beast Mode knocked him out early. And uh, yeah, just, you know, Danny's got it. And, you know, Danny's been doing it in a tough division the whole time. And I, I think Danny's kind of, you know, you kind of, when you're in Danny's division, you kind of have to, you're forced to get better to try and compete if you want to be good. And, and Chisholm, you know, Q, who used to be the Chiefs, kind of stood up to that. Now BLD is in there, which should be interesting. And, you know, Vic's just been there. But we don't blame you, Vic. And, uh, He's just trying just, to get through to next Madden. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but no, just, you know, obviously it's impressive what Danny's been doing over there. And, uh, you know, they got yeah. two, hel- two helmets up there. He's just so consistent. I mean, that's, it's really something else to watch. I mean, yeah, we'll, like we said, we'll talk about, um, how the division alignments have affected that. Obviously, you know, the NFC is, has had a lot more uh, b- bouncing around and back and forth between some of the top dogs. So we'll get into that a little later. But, uh, all right, season six happened. Uh, we went all the way through and didn't have an episode, so we'll kind of tell you what happened there. But basically, um, we saw Danny again in the Super Bowl. He got there pretty easily, if I recall. And... Um, yeah, and then a, a, another newcomer this time, uh, but not not a new team, uh, but a new face. Uh, the Norman's Saints getting to the Super Bowl for their, I want to say, third or fourth time. I think they've only been the three times. But the Saints ended up beating the Raiders in Season 6 Super Bowl for Sarves, first RML Super Bowl championship. And it's Danny ended up being Danny's third Super, Super Bowl loss. Um, so Stanny was looking to get that third ring. Uh, it, it did not happen, and Sarv was able to kind of um, – I mean, he had definitely some interesting games that year. I know he played me, and we had an overtime sh- um, <laughs> kind of battle, and I took him to the to the, to the ringer there. I, I gave him my all, and he ended up winning on a walk-off touchdown in, the, in overtime. So I was pretty, pretty – I was pretty satisfied with how I played. So, I mean, that – you know, and I ended up losing to the Super Bowl champions. So can't can't say, can't complain too much. But I believe he he beat Weasel uh, 
and in, in the NFC Championship, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so that got him to the Super Bowl, and then yeah, he was able to muster out a, a big W and against the Raiders, and and the Saints now have three separate Super Bowl champion winners. <laughs> so how about that? So yeah, a lot of us are getting a little sick of seeing the Saints in the Super Bowl, but who knows if that'll change anytime soon? I guess we'll find out. What would you think of any any thoughts on last season? Uh, uh, no, they pretty much summed up, but summed it up better than I could. And, and yeah, you're right about the Saints kind of just being annoying. I remember Weasel saying at one point that he hates, he, he he hates the Saints in real life now because of yeah. how much he's lost to the Saints and how much they're stopping him from getting to that promised land. This Madden. All right, well, let's just jump to this talking point then. I can't remember where I put it in the notes, but uh, is it is it the Saints team, or is it um, or is it the user abilities of the three champions we've seen? What do you think? Uh, um, I think there's no denying that the roster is like has always been good. Um, obviously, Omar Payne has been OP his whole his whole career in Madden 20. And he's still a 99 overall at 29 years old. Um, but, like, the rest, like, the, the, the DK Metcalf trade a um, couple seasons, or I don't even know, a couple seasons he, back. It's been a few was years, huge. Yeah. yeah. That was a huge, because at first the Saints didn't really have, like, anybody to throw to. Um, but then DK Metcalf just added the whole new layer on offense. And then the defense has always been ridiculous with Devin Bush. Devin Bush yeah. is just unfair. And, yeah, first and, round pick. In a fantasy um, draft, and he's been, or was he first round? I think it was a first round pick, right? Believe, or one, or maybe there. second round. He was way up there, but yeah, he's but, the best user. But there's no obviously like the roster is good, and you know it's not even the best roster by overall in RML. You can argue like the value of the team, and you know blah blah. But yeah. there's no denying that all three users that have owned the Saints this Madden are good. <laughs> And um, they've been able to draft pretty well too, from what I've seen. Yeah, they, I think they got Applewhite in the draft, um, who ends up being is now a really good backup, who's uh, in line to take over for if if ever Omar Payne, you know, <laughs> starts to slow down. Um, and they've also dev'd him pretty well. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of user skill though. Like all three of those guys, if you put them on any other franchise they're going to be you know super bowl contenders or playoff contenders you know and and the nfc is so tough like you can't say that these guys you know just fell into a championship like winning a super bowl in this league is is really really hard like you know it obviously you you know it more than any you know not more than anyone but more than a lot of people and you know weasel too like you know you guys have been excellent for the most part this madden and you know you've only sniffed it once or twice, and it's just really hard. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if uh, there's any new, you know, new teams. I feel like this season is definitely starting to get a little wilder. Season seven, with kind of how it's starting to play out, just during the regular season, some new teams emerging at the top, some teams that are not that we expected to be a lot better have kind of revamped and fallen off like Danny um kind of getting used to his new new young quarterback um and then like guys like Bruce undefeated still um Dogfather was I think Dog I think Dog is the most interesting one. one yeah I mean I I let's talk about him real quick um obviously you know we love Dog and it, it's been a, a very interesting journey um this Madden in general it's obviously been a lot of stuff that's happened um and yeah but Madden wise he he, I feel like he's had this skill for basically all of them he's just had a lot of real life issues exactly you know that's that's the thing yeah but I mean skill wise he he like yeah maybe maybe mentally you know he he doesn't have He's. I feel like that has affected him a lot in certain games where he's or certain seasons. I mean, we know he's had seasons where he's been at the bottom, but that's mostly because of you know force losses and things like that. Where, um, but 
you know, when he when he really is committed, and, and I'm not saying he's not committed, obviously, you know, don't take that out the wrong way. But when he's able to be, when he, he's able to be committed, and and he, he, you know, this season he, I remember him saying at the beginning, like he, uh, it feels like a fire is lit under him mm-hmm. after you know beating this coronavirus. Like that's insane that he literally had it, and you know he's he beat it and he came back. Like this is the story right now of this this league and I, I love it so much we can, we can get an article written somewhere like on espn coronavirus yeah. survivor wins Madden league <laughs> yeah that would be that would be something else but we're not gonna we're not gonna give up that easy we ain't gonna lay down for you so <laughs> <laughs> gotta yeah, earn it. Gotta keep it up yeah this is, it's been really in- interesting and awesome to see so far um but yeah um this season's definitely playing out with some uh interesting storylines Hopefully, maybe we'll get another podcast and by the end of uh, season seven would be nice. Uh, I think we should. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, all right, yeah. I mean, that's that's mostly it. We're we're prob- pretty much caught up, I think. So, I, well, there's some other things we want to talk about. Let's hey, uh, uh, so kind of on topic about team building. We're talking about the Saints. Uh, we kind of discussed pre-show, like how the game has gotten more difficult in some ways because of the no dev loss and some teams are kind of stacked and the teams at the bottom might not, you know, be able to build a team like that and playing against them is just very difficult as some, some of these abilities are just like take no skill and kind of like this plays that I make on defense because all my guys have abilities and I'm just like, come on, that's not even fair. Like both my safeties have pick artists and I've just made like ridiculous plays. So like, what's your thoughts on like, the abilities and like the team building in general of this Madden. Yeah. Like you said, the game has definitely gotten more challenging in in a lot of different ways. Like obviously the biggest thing is in my opinion is the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Like that is a perfect definition of how this game plays. And we said it before the game rewards success. Like, when you perform better, when you win more games, your team is better. Not only in game day play with morale and things like that, but also just with XP, how quickly you develop, how quickly guys, you know, boost their ratings. And and that is, and the fact that, like, that wouldn't have been as big a deal last year. Like, if, if we had this much, if we didn't have dev loss last year and we didn't have all this, like last year's game wasn't as built on ratings and skill or it was more based on skill than ratings. Wouldn't you say like the game this year is there's a lot more uh, computer involvement and yeah, users still play a huge factor obviously, but and calling plays is obviously another thing. Like, you know, those are big, big factors, but the game rewards you for having better players. If you have a team that is, you know, 90s in overall throughout. Like, you have a bunch of 90s with superstar abilities on defense and offense, and, you know, your team is, in general, going to play a lot better than if you have, you know, a team in the 80s and, 80, you know, 70s. So, and that makes sense. I mean, that, that should be how the game is played, but it's not always the case. It hasn't been the case for a lot of Maddens. But, um, so, yeah, that that is a big factor. But just in general, developing teams... You know, it's a lot easier when you're constantly winning, and not and and this may also go into the division alignments and stuff like that. Like if you have cupcake schedules every year, say Doughboy, for instance. <laughs> um, no offense to the other guys in the AFC South, but you know he's kind of run through that division. When you have six games where you're almost, you know, you have a guaranteed six wins, uh, you know that's going to help your <laughs> your development of of your younger players and your your X factor players, you're going to get a lot more dev games. You're going to get a lot, you know, more production out of these guys. And they're going to, they're going to get better faster than say Tendi's team who, you know, is not winning a lot. So yeah, it, 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 it's again, it's rich, get richer and poor, get poorer. So I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but that definitely is the biggest factor into why the game gets more challenging as you progress through it. And it's a reason why like the league lacks parity. Like it's usually the same, folks in the playoffs with a few exceptions here and there and i mean it's hard to say that somebody else should be in the playoffs like 
if the team was different. Like, say you swap teams, like they usually had a worse team. Like, maybe they're good enough, they'd make it anyways. But at the same time, like, I don't really know, like, what you could do differently, like, as far as, like, the reward system goes. Like, you get XP if you're getting yards and touchdowns, etc. But, like, how would you change it so, like, the bottom teams kind of benefit more? Like, I mean, like... Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Like, what, one thing we talked about a little bit was that the draft isn't really... Like, in real life, you can contain... Like, the Bengals just got Joe Burrow. And they got rewarded for finishing last. And Joe Burrow looks like a legit quarterback, right? But, like, in RML this year in Madden, like, the drafts have been so bad that, like, a top-ten pick doesn't, like, guarantee anything. And most of these guys trade them in a way anyways. That's a different story. But, like, you know, it doesn't even matter if you get a top-ten pick this year because, like, as Andy saw back in the day, back a couple seasons ago, um, you know, yeah. you're not guaranteed anything. Overall so, how, 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 so how are you supposed to build, like, a team that can compete if you're not at the top and you're not winning, you know? Yeah, that's true. And... But the thing is, I mean, you know, the drafting thing is definitely a struggle, but there are still definitely a handful of good players that you can build around. Like, you know, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I'm the best. I'm arguably the top two best drafter in the Madden 20 by far. Me, It's it's me and Seacop, and there's no one even close. No one's even third. Like, there's you guys are all tied for last. Um, we each have three X-Factors drafted. Like, come on. Like, nobody else, I'm pretty sure, even has one. Maybe there might be one or two others. So, I mean, yeah, but like I said, I'm not going to my own horn, but I just did. But, yeah, I mean, the, obviously this game's draft has been drastically uh, harder because, you know, it's just not it's not filled with the talent that we're used to seeing. But we've I feel like we also have adjusted over, you know, we're seven seasons in. It's not like you can really say... You know, although you can't blame it on the draft anymore, but it definitely has affected. But again, that you, you know, it, it goes back to what you said: like, stop trading away your picks, and, <laughs> and, and don't trade away your your high end first round picks for sure. Yeah, or your good running back. Those are the only guys you're gonna get that are gonna be worth anything. You know, first and second round is basically all you can find, um, unless you're you know guys like Danny who can develop 65 overall wide receivers and in, into you know studs but you know not everyone can do that so well, i think that's another aspect too that you just kind of reminded me of is that some of these bottom not i'm not, I'm not going to name any names but some of these bottom feeders kind of have done it to themselves and they trade away these good quality players that make a big difference for you know dime for dimes or whatever the saying is and um like they don't you know you kind of just like all that work you put in to develop that player or whatever is out the window and you got to start over again. The season or the Madden cycle in general is a roller coaster, in my opinion. Like a lot of the teams will stay high. Like there's a very, there's a very few teams who are going to continue to have really high overall teams with just extremely good players, young players who are continuing. Like there's drop off for every team, you know, and that, you know, the cap comes into play, the keepers from last year. Like a lot of that has affected and team building is so important this season because of all that. Like, and because of the way the game plays with, you know, have, you know, re- rewarding teams for having better players in general, especially, you know, superstars and X Factors too. Like, so if you can keep those guys and, you know, if they're young enough to where they can get you, you know, five, six seasons, like, that is a huge benefactor versus guys that drafted, let's say, you know, um, Han. He drafted an older team to begin in fancy draft, and his team dropped off dramatically season five, season six, because all those guys either retired or regressed really, really fast. And now, you know, now he's got to build that team back up. And if you don't have the time to put into the game, or if you if you're not very good at just team building, or you don't care about it as much, it's going to be real a real challenge. Like you, you got to start, you know, trading. You got to you got to scout. You got to draft. Like it's really difficult to get back and and consistently be a top tier overall team, and especially if you're not winning. Like if you're if you're also not winning. It's basically impossible for you to keep a, a high overall team. Would you would you agree with that? No, yeah, and that's I I, I kind of don't blame some like people that are kind of burning out at the bottom right now, because it's like what is the point, right? Like you just 
it's a little different like now because I'm winning like a good amount. I'm over 500 every year and I'm making playoffs every year. But like if I was just getting my ass beat like every single game, it's like in season seven already. Then like I mean, obviously we love all the participation and everything. We talk about the development and stuff, but it's all it's hard to be motivated like when you're getting, especially if you're in a tough division or something like really good in your division, and you'll never sniff the playoffs. Like it's tough. and I'm I'm excited for next year with the national playoff spot because I think that opens up some doors, too. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that that is the case because I I can very very much understand why people I've been in that position myself absolutely, you know first year first year or two of of Madden that I was in RML I was not good and I was losing you know double digit games every year and I wasn't sniffing any playoffs. Um, and yeah, I, you, you get burned out and you know, that's perfectly reasonable. That's perfectly fine. But the fact that we have so many people that still constantly play is really a testament again to the passion that people have for the league itself. Um, you know, and just the people like it's enjoyable to play the game, but it's also just enjoyable to play the people that we have. I feel like that's a big factor. Like at most of the, you know, we don't have a lot of, uh, cheese players, rule breakers like for the most part you know the games are still kind of fun to play and yeah sometimes you'll have a shit game and you'll you know be pissed off at you know because madden kind of beats your ass and you know doesn't really play the way you want it to or you just play really bad but you know you you know when that happens and you, you can bounce back pretty easily and you know sometimes you have good games too so yeah I would say if any any advice for people out there, uh, as someone who was definitely in that position a, a while ago, and sometimes still in that position, um, at least mentally, um, just stick with it. I mean, you know, it's you know, and also don't. I, I get way too hard on myself. Like I know you do too. I I literally I hear you when you have your thing on, and also I just know because you know you you already have a reputation of of being a, a hothead for sure. <laughs> but we get, sometimes we get hard on ourselves mentally, but you just got to remember it's a video game guys. Come on. Like, yeah, you know, it's fun to win and it's, you know, you, you want to, you want to impress people and you want to be good. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's a, a thing we're just doing to pass the time. We're just having fun. There's no money involved. No one's getting paid. No one's actually winning anything real. I mean, Besides from aside from maybe a trophy back in the day, but I don't think we're doing that anymore. So, yeah, I mean, just keep in mind, you know, keep a level head, stay grounded, you know, and honestly, you know, practice that that helps. I know a lot yep. of people. I know a lot of people that have gotten better just from from and and studying too. Like, if you study your opponent too, like I know I, I know you you for sure have gotten better by studying your opponents, but also you know the way that other really good people play so i, I think you can also, change the way you play i think the biggest thing also is just limiting mistakes and just being very conservative you're not just being like a, a lot of these bottom feeders like i watched their film and it's just they're making stupid throws and then just like not being careful with the ball like especially like in the red zone or like past the 50 like it's okay mm -hmm. to settle for a field goal like mm -hmm. that's kind of like a big part of my strategy earlier this madden cycle was like it's okay to settle for a field goal like you know you get points on the board and then if you, you know, you got to trust your defense, yeah. you know, you got to work on your defense first, but like, right. I don't it's know, a like I, I've got, I got first. very far, I got very far, but just settling for field goals and just like, you know, taking the points. Cause like, if you in the red zone, you throw an interception or something, it's like, what good does that do? You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a turn of momentum and it's also just points off the board, but also, and we know, we all know it's a pretty defensive heavy league. Like, you know, that's going to be the key to winning a lot of games like you know for most of us um there's very few that are you know just exceptionally skilled at offense that can just beat anybody and outscore anybody um but yeah like like you said limiting like any time that i've ever had a decent season or a, a you know, playoff season or you know above average season it's usually because i have thrown very few interceptions compared to the rest of the league and in general have, you know, a lot more punts and field goals and just in general, not turning the ball over. Like you said, I mean, it's really, and I, I again, I'm not going to keep harping on this because this is getting into more like gameplay and, and results and things. And also just talking about ourselves, but turnover battle, once again, 
it 99% of the time turnover battle is um is going to cause what was that cause and effect or whatever um mm-hmm. it when you win the turnover battle more often than not you're going to win the game so but enough about that it's kind of uh hitting the same point that we've hit pretty much every episode forever um all right what else i mean the only thing we haven't really talked about is um kind of the alignment stuff that we were talking about how uh I've, I mean, we kind of mentioned it a little bit, but is there any interesting alignment things you're looking forward to as far as division alignments with kind of the new rivalries that we've developed and the fact that we're probably going to go close to Madden 20, you know, we're probably going to play almost all the way through for a lot of us. Is there any um, pairings that you want to see for next Madden? Um, I mean, obviously we don't have any say as much or we haven't figured that out yet, but um is there any people that you kind of would be interested to see kind of paired together in the same division or same conference? I mean, there's a lot you can talk about here. And I was like, we're not going to play God. I don't think, you know, it's just whatever we're going to do similar to this year. Like what we did just like, you pick your pick the team you want and then you get first preference, etc. Um, Boy, there's a lot. Like, obviously, like, me and Weasel, I feel like, has developed into, like, a huge rivalry. I, I don't know if I want to play him, like, twice a year. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it would be good for my like, mental health and yeah. for my ob- my objects in my room. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely, like, the same conference again would be, would, be, would be fun. And, um, uh, God, there's so many. I think Doughboy, given some competition, just like anybody. <laughs> Like yeah. anybody in the <laughs> NFC playoff picture, true. Just like get him in the division with somebody. Yeah, like like BLD or something, because I know uh, him. They're they're kind of close. They, yeah, I, I think friends. I think, I think that's kind of like the one thing. Like I kind of obviously like whatever happens happens, but I do like the conference. I feel like the conferences definitely are a little bit like uh, like they're different. I wouldn't say one is better than the other. Like I, we've had these arguments in chat before. But, like, the AFC could be, like, you could argue AFC is, like, a little deeper. But I feel like the NFC is, like, a lot top-heavier. Right. But you can also argue that, like, the NFC, like, the bottom feeders are worse. You know, I, I don't right. know. It, it's hard. But it'd be interesting to see, like, a little bit more top dogs in the AFC. I don't and know. Speaking on the AFC, um, I would agree it's deeper. Because also you look at it, there's been definitely more... Like, yeah, Danny's won every year, but at least the playoff teams have fluctuated a little bit more if you look at just the teams that get in. Like, in the NFC, I think there's only been a few seasons where, you know, there's only been, like, I feel like there's only eight teams that have made the playoffs in the NFC at all. Like, I think that's probably it, right? I mean, um, I'm not going to go through all of them, but as far as, like, we know the division winners have been mostly the same. You know, there was Monkey and Maddening and me. I think those are the only like wildcard teams that have been in and out and, and Kunk, I think that's probably it, right? I mean, maybe maybe not even eight teams, maybe seven or eight teams total. So, and then you got the AFC, which there's been a lot of fluctuation in the AFC East. There's been, I feel like, a new winner almost every year. Um, in the North, you got the Ravens and the Steelers. Um, and then, obviously, the South is just dough. Um, I think one or two years, though, we've had... Um, a playoff, maybe a wildcard team. I, mean, I think the Texans, well, I think the Texans had one. And then the AFC West, I mean, got Chiz and the Chiefs, who've had a few owners. But, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, it's deeper for sure. But, yeah, as far as, like, um, rivalries and alignments go for next year, uh, Weasel and you is definitely up there for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's hard to kind of, I mean, you could really hit so many different matchups i mean any of the you know top level players get two of those guys in a division and kind of battle it out like you and me obviously you know i didn't you know expect it to be this lopsided uh, i definitely thought i would be competing more in our division but you know there's been some good good years it's it's come down to the wire a few times right i mean it's we've, we've had a, a you know it's not a heated rivalry like the, some other ones but you know definitely look forward to playing against you and want to beat you same i assume mm-hmm. you're the same way with me mm-hmm. um you know and and we you know you you brag and gloat when you win the, ch- the championship which obviously signifies you know there's some importance to it so yeah i mean there's other guys too like you know me and monkey have had rivalries before and um you know a lot of the 
the people who are very active in chat for sure are the ones you want to see because <laughs> that's where it starts to get kind of fun and kind of gets because you know i mean we all love tillman but you know what ri- what rivalry does tillman have like, name, <laughs> like, Dan- like it should be danny but, but it's not it, i mean it is a rivalry kind of but it doesn't feel like it you know it doesn't there's no there's no there's no stakes yeah. like no one neither of them like, like are in chat talking like, shit monkey and weasel is just that's like a rivalry like made from chat oh, right like absolutely and, and, and obviously because they're both, been, they're both yeah. so involved and they're both so you know heated a lot of the time like especially you know when they play each other and, and but they yeah, that's the thing like um yeah like if you get you get some people who like i imagine like bundy and monkey or something you know guys that are in the chat a lot who kind of are uh, on the more aggressive side if, <laughs> to put to put it lightly um you know maddening sometimes will be i know he's not in the league right now but um he's another one of those chat guys who you know might uh be a good rival for someone else but yeah i mean that's just something that i thought of like that makes a good rivalry is you know guys who are publicly kind of at each other's throats uh otherwise what's the point you know and i think the like the getting so many seasons and this year is huge for that too like it you play you these guys are playing so much and like we're getting so many playoff matchups again and again and i think that you know it creates that history behind it and it gives us a more legit legitimacy you know like a historic rivalry like down the road so that should add, you know add some storylines later on and into next Madden hopefully, and but I'm definitely excited. Like obviously this Madden's still fun and we've got a couple more seasons ahead of us I hope, um, but I am kind of interested to like see a you know new divisions next Madden and like you know new matchups, I guess. Yeah, definitely it'll it'll be very fun and also um, kind of looking forward to keepers and that whole how that situation plays out. So let's talk about that since uh, that's kind of our last talking point going into kind of the next um, phase, especially the last few seasons, you know, people are really starting to think about keepers. Um, So if anyone doesn't know, uh, a keeper is a player that you keep and you take him with you to Madden 21, the more you know. But um, yeah, and obviously it can only be a Madden created player meaning if the player exists in real life, you cannot have him in Madden 21, and that includes real rookie drafts because those are real players that will be in the game next year, uh, if there is a game next year. <laughs> um, and, yeah, the keeper right now, it's uh, it, we're just doing one next year, so it's going to be a lot tougher decisions for a lot of people. I know for me, I mean, mine's pretty much locked up. But uh, I have a lot of, I have a lot of keeper eligible people that I might end up be trading the last few seasons to, you know, if someone wants a nice keeper, hit me up because I got uh, two or three other good ones. Well, what about my? What about you, yeah, my my decision is far from easy uh, right now. My my roster is is pretty old, um, cause and that's kind of like a thing that's kind of different from this year than past years because I'm like good now. We're making the playoffs consistently. Like I have, you know, it's hard to like going to rebuild mode at all like maybe if melvin retires this year next year maybe i'd consider it but it's just like i'm always trying to get pieces to like help me win this year and to get you know to win a playoff game and so i'm always trading away my draft picks really and i don't necessarily wanna but i ended up with not a lot of youth on my team so right now i got really no keeper like i was my quarterback rutherford um he's 26 or 27 now so and that's the other thing with the, all these seasons like we don't know how many more seasons we're going to get in we haven't decided it yet and we're kind of letting the people decide like whenever they're fed up with it and obviously the quarantine is affecting that as a whole right. but that that affects the keeper strategy you know it adds two or three more years at least onto an age of a player that maybe you would have kept in the first place but maybe now you have second thoughts about it because you yeah. only get so many seasons out of them for next madden right like um yeah, like there's guys that may have been drafted season one or two. Like I know a lot of really good players that, you know, um, including one of my own that is, are in the high 90s and they're superstar X Factor and they look really, really tasty as keepers. But they're going to be probably 30, 31 by the time uh, X Madden rolls around. So, 
yeah, I mean, if we're if we go eight or nine seasons, we're talking. I mean, we're definitely going to go eight. So, you know, if we go up to nine, I mean, yeah, that's that's a lot of years. And uh, so we might not. Most teams might not even have their keeper in the in the league right now. So, I would say. And then we also have the keeper pool, um, which we we mentioned. If if anyone doesn't know, last year we did a keeper pool. This year will be a little different. So all all the teams that get, um, all the teams that have a keeper on their team by the end, but whenever we decide to end Madden or whenever we decide um, that you have to have your keeper in by, you can choose a team from or a player from your team, just one player, anybody, any Madden created player, no overall caps, doesn't matter, offense, defense, whatever. You pick that player, he's yours. That's it. Nobody else can have him. And then everyone picks their players. If you choose not to pick your, a player on your team, or if there's nobody that you like, you can opt to go to the keeper pool, which means that everyone gets to choose before you, and then all the leftover keeper-eligible players will be put in the pool, and you get to choose whoever you want. We'll have a draft for that. And then, um, But the, the, the caveat for that is those keepers will automatically be dropped down to star dev. So whatever or whatever the equivalent is next year, the base level, you know, medium development trait. So if, you know, any any superstar X Factor players will automatically be dropped to star dev. Um, but yeah, so that's yeah. kind of the keeper options. And we'll clarify details as we get closer. We'll have like a whole big, we already have a couple articles out right now, but we'll have a whole thing, you know, ready for you guys to go. When it's time to make that yeah, decision. Yeah, it's not changing. Yeah, so that's the uh, you know that's the the gist yeah. of it. Hopefully, but it'll be real interesting yeah. to see how trades kind of play into it too. The last few seasons. Oh, uh, that, that yeah, that should Especially change the value. Outputs. Yeah, the values obviously are going to change, but also just like how many and like like I said, I have a bunch of people that I could trade, but I'm obviously not going to trade them now. Like I I, was, I still want to compete and win. You know, I want these players to be on my team for as long as possible. So it's kind of like, when do I decide to pull the trigger on these guys? You know, I guess if I get a really good offer, but then, you know, am I, am I going to trade them for, you know, an older player or vet, you know, or something else. And I'm sure a lot of other people are having these dilemmas too. So it's like, you know, it's kind of a toss up. You have to figure out when, when to kind of make those moves. So you just kind of, kind of think of a question. We kind of discussed it a couple like podcasts ago. But like obviously we're doing keepers again for Madden for the second year now, so you would say like in general that keepers have been a success, like the concept. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I think most of the would agree. Um, it has abs- it one hundred percent at the end of last season, it it kept interest up, which you know was starting to get real difficult because you know that like you said that game got pretty boring it was a lot of people were burning out pretty quickly. So this season, it's definitely going to keep interest up with limiting it to one. It'll make it a more of a challenge, but also I think it'll also like people are going to it. Like we said, it's way easier to, I don't know if it's easier to dev people, but I mean, yeah, I guess it, I think it is easy. I mean, it definitely is easier, right? I mean, there's dev games. Like there was no dev games last year. How did you even get, I don't even remember how you got, dev upgrades i think it was the end of the season like when it, you know you gotta be oh, in the yeah, top to six be, or whatever yeah, right and and they were all whack rankings like deflections tackles. <laughs> yeah tackles and deflections yeah so it's way easier to dev players so that's going to be a big factor like I, I can almost guarantee you there's not going to be any at least out of the keepers that aren't in the pool i feel like almost everyone's going to be a superstar or higher like i'm almost 100 percent positive there's not going to be a star unless it's like a, a rookie that year that just got drafted. That's like really good, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely gonna be interesting. And but I do think it's overall, it's been a good thing for the league, and because I mean, it's just adding more talent, you know. And and those players have impacted and helped teams, and it changes the strategy. You know, it changes your strategy at the beginning of how you fantasy draft. And it also changes the strategy of just um, how you build your team throughout. And then at the end, when you're looking forward to the next season. So what do you think? It's, I mean, you agree? Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely added a whole another thing to the league and something to look forward to. Like, imagine, like, I feel like even if we didn't, if we weren't doing keepers now, like, 
I feel like people wouldn't be as interested. You know, some people are like spamming the keepers or whatnot, or whatever. But it just uh, and it's like something to look forward to, and it, it gives like a little bit of like connectivity from like your team last Madden to next Madden. You know, like something's mm-hmm. still the same. Like yeah. just, obviously you could trade it away or whatever. But you know, you still have that little piece that reminds you. Yeah. yeah, it feels like yeah, it feels like we're in we're in a, a league, a, a lifelong league versus like it's not like you're playing the same game. Like, like I feel like no Omar. Like I know I feel like I know Omar Payne by now. You know? Right, you like, know like personally. I I feel like he's like a real person. You know what he likes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we've seen him grow up. He was a baby boy, now now he's a man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, it's, might it's, him, we might see him retire soon. <laughs> I wouldn't. I. I would, uh, there's no way. He. He's still so good. Twenty four, twenty nine. Crazy. Yeah. He. He's gonna be. He's basically Adrian Peterson, but better. <laughs> like he's never gonna retire. It's nuts. But maybe he'll get injured. That would be nice. <laughs> um. You know, like a what do you call it? a Bo Jackson type injury, <laughs> or Barry Sanders just quick because except his except the saints win all the time so i guess he's already he's a three-time champion omar Payne, by the way safe to say he's the best rml player of all time right i mean he's got to be <laughs> yeah, didn't he bld had him last didn't he won last season the last madden the yeah last he, i think world? he won the last i think he was on that the, team the last the Lions, yeah yeah so he has four total so he has four rings in in, in seven hand. years that's nuts omar Payne. RML oh, Hall of Famer, <laughs> definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, we've been talking about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hey, if you guys hey, want to see, if you hint. guys want to see an RML Hall of Fame, uh, let us know in the chat because I think that would be really cool, and we could all vote on it. I'm, I, I'm, we're gonna, probably going to do it anyway, whether you want <laughs> or not. We don't care what you guys think. Yeah, we'll do it. Okay, we, we have cool. one last one last thing to talk about, and that was um, the. Cheese and Chowder presents the RML Madden 20 top plays. So one play by each team that we put together slash I put together. <laughs> and it was uh, 32 through 1, every play ranked. And I'm not going to go through it all, obviously. Hopefully you guys go watch it. It was pretty cool. I mean, a lot of people seem to like it. And uh, we basically just took... Uh, Weasel's plays of the week. I went. We went through all their videos and chose every team's best play according to us. Um, and I guess go. Th- what is your favorite play of those? I mean, obviously number one, the the hail mary. I mean, besides that one, because obviously that's you know going to be your favorite play of, of all time against so, uh, Tillman and the Seahawks. But maybe what is your what's the best skilled play? My my favorite my favorite play of the top thirty two that you picked is definitely Kunk's run with uh, his wide receiver. I believe sweet. it's Adam Humphreys. Yeah, uh, that was not we, we did not three. we did not confirm. But for him, number ten. That's all. The, the thing that's so special about this play for me that I pointed out pre podcast is that not only so if you guys don't see it or you should see it now he spins he breaks two tackles with spins two separate spins and then hurdles the third defender for a touchdown. But the thing that makes this so special is Humphreys has no abilities at all, and no we've seen plenty. We've, we've seen no plenty first of one free. We've seen plenty of highlights with you know like Melvin, you know, but he Omar. has box and you know like all these abilities make it kind of easy to break a tackle. But Humphreys mm. has no abilities, so this is all use your skill, two spins, and then a hurdle. Like the thought process to even attempt a hurdle at that point on the seven yard line, like to see just, it ahead of time, like. For me, if I'm making that play, I'm freaking out because I just broke two tackles with amazing spins, and I'm not even looking at the guy at the goal line. But he's so fo- he's dialed in, and he he's like, yeah, I'm gonna hurdle this bitch, and he just jumps over him, and there's just no he didn't get touched. That's insane. It was a jet sweep at like the 40 yard line or 35 yard line on his opponent's side. Yeah, that was and it was on the weak side too. It was like, oh, it was an excellent play. Definitely, I would say it's the most skilled play of all the 32 plays. It was ranked number three. Uh, the reason we, the way I ranked them is um, not just by skill, but also a, a weighting system of kind of the game situation, just like they do in kind of most top plays in real life. I mean, obviously, if there's a big game winner, um, you know, especially in a big game like yours, 
it's going to be number one. Um, my favorite of the game winners was number two, uh, which was actually two plays um, by Beast Mode. He had uh, basically he had two game winners in spread apart by like three or four seasons, uh, both against Danny. How about that? So, yeah, uh, both of them coming in the final, I want to say, 15 seconds. Um, the first one early was uh, like a 50-yard bomb, double coverage. Guy just mosses him, 50-50 ball, hauls it in, touchdown, wins the game. Second one was this season, season seven, week one. Um, a nice, beautifully called, maybe the oh, just such a perfect call, RPO with eight seconds left. And, oh, man, tight end wide open. Just a beautiful play, beautiful play call. Wins the game. Excellent job by Beast. But, yeah, I would say I got to give it credit to you. I mean, that Hail Mary was something else. I mean, I have no idea how. I mean, obviously the Madden gods were, uh, were gifting you that one. So that was pretty incredible. Maybe. All skill. All skill. You totally, you totally timed uh, that pass, and it, you tipped. I mean, you knew it was going to be tipped, <laughs> and you, you didn't. You, you knew that the the computer was going to get it, so you didn't even. Calculated. You didn't even switch to him. Calculated. Perfect. Genius. Genius. High IQ play right there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's and it's funny because the Lions are usually on the the losing side of those hail marys. So yeah, except the Calvin Johnson at one time. True. Right, I, that. I guess yep. I guess they've only had one. So. <laughs> Think of, but that's one of my favorite plays of all time. But, all right, but, well, um, go ahead. No, yeah, yeah that so. just shows like how much fun the top players, and like we really thank Weasel for having. And I really, I'm really happy that we kept you know because obviously Weasel has been a topic of controversy for a long time, and you know he's been close to being booted from the league, etc. From you know years ago, but I'm really glad that Weasel is in the league and kind of adapted to RML and provides all this awesome content and the plays of the week are awesome, man. And, uh, someone, really hope you keep doing it. Someone better clip that right now. <laughs> someone <laughs> clip what Brad just said, because we're going to play it back probably in a, uh, a month and, <laughs> and we're going to have a different reaction. When no, Rizzo and I we play love, again, we love you like, guys. yeah, yeah. Rizzo and I are like a magnet in the playoffs and we always play each other somehow. Yeah, it's almost, I feel like you guys, have, I think it's almost every year except like one or two. It's been pretty wild. I think you got, I think you're both like two and two, right? I think you won two and he's he, one two. I think he's starting to get ahead now. Yeah. He, I, I lost track, but. I mean, last season was really the year for him to, uh, I really thought he was going to do it. And I'm not saying I was rooting for him, but I like Sarv too. But I feel, I felt like last year was like his year. I thought for sure he was going to be able to take it all the way, especially uh, without like Tillman involved, you know, even though uh, he, you know, I think he's beat Tillman once or twice, but this year he's still looking good. So, I mean, it, he's really improving and he's got some insane players. And I think his, one of his plays was really good too with the Derek Henry, but now he's got my boy, Walt Hayward, <laughs> another draft pick that I made, by the way, unbelievable, the best drafter of all time. And, all right. and one last thing and cheese yeah. and chowder will be on the field. Uh, probably the night oh, yeah. this podcast released or the night after? Probably, yeah. I would say, yeah, maybe Sunday night or Monday night. Um, yeah, the, the, yeah, it's a, a really big one because... For the division lead? For, yeah, another division lead. Mac. I mean, how many times have we had... I feel like at, at least once a year we have a game for the division lead, right? It's got to be. Except for the year. <laughs> at some point, yeah. Except for the year I was tanking. <laughs> I, I didn't just say that. All right, well, it's been a great episode i hope you guys enjoyed it episode 20 cheese and chowder your boys are back hopefully we can get some more contact going for you guys i really feel like we we hit our stride in this one uh we're right back into it and i definitely love doing this so definitely want to keep getting some more out, uh, stuff out there for you guys to listen to uh keep it up weasel we love the top plays brad you got any last words nope let's keep those games getting played boys and get as many seasons as possible yeah as always guys it's been a um hell of a year we love the, the passion, the participation. It's been amazing. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.
cheese and chowder. Whoops! Cheek, 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 chowder. Tootle!